kabar? Welcome to the Indonesia Saga with V. A podcast talking crap about Indonesia from facts, culture, funny stories, news, travel tips, or just things. Created and produced by Indonesian from Indonesia, just for you, wherever you are. My name is V. This is episode 5, What to do in Jakarta. So, we've covered the basics about the city in the last episode. But, is Jakarta still worth visiting? What's so good about it? Now, where should we start? Is it your first time in Indonesia, especially in Jakarta? Um, if that's the case, I would suggest you to stay in central Jakarta. If you can, downtown would be perfect. Unless you don't like crowd very much. But Jakarta is always crowded anyway. So, um, it will take you around two hours from the Jakarta airport that is not even in Jakarta. But of course, depends on how the bad the traffic is. If you're in a backpacker theme, don't worry. There are many cheap hotels or Airbnb even in the downtown area. In fact, it is very cheap to travel in Jakarta. So, yeah, right on the center of the downtown, the charming Selamat Datang Monument stands elegantly. The name means literally welcome monument in English. This historical monument was constructed upon the idea of the first president, Sukarno, in the event of Asian Games. You can see the developing Jakarta in this area called Thamrin Avenue. Skyscrapers, five-star hotels, malls, and chic restaurants. For people from outside Jakarta, it is not complete visiting Jakarta without taking pictures with the background of Slamadatan Monument and Monas. Monas is an abbreviation of Monument Nacional, which, is in, which in English literally means National Monument. You can have a 30-minute walk from the Selamat Monument, enjoy a short bike trip, or have a free Trans-Jakarta bus and get off in front of the National Museum. Of course, I will not recommend you to walk at day under the 36 degrees Celsius heat and polluted air. Just like the Selamatatung Monument, Monas is also a proponent and strategic project by Sukarno, first Indonesia's president for the fourth Asian Games in 1962. Monas is a sacred monument for Indonesians, just like Eiffel Tower for the French. It carries Indonesian pride and symbolizes the flag of Indonesians. The monument itself is located in the center of 80-acre Merdeka Square with a height of 132 meter in total. The architecture derives from the philosophy of Linga and Yoni, which represent harmony and fertility. Okay, now you have to start imagining. Don't open your Google yet. Linga means alurais puzzles, while Lusum means Lusung rice mortar. Okay, if you don't have any idea, you can just Google it now. But alu and lusung is a set of traditional tools usually used for grinding grains or spices. And you know what? These tools can actually produce beautiful melodies when played together. Awesome. 
But anyway, Linge is um, symbolized by the obelisk tower. The architect put the sacred Indonesian numbers to represent the alley with 45 meter square platform at a height of 17 meter. In case you forgot, 45 is the year of independence and 17 is the date of independence of Indonesia. Um, my favorite thing about the monument is the Hall of Independence. The name is so cool, right? I can say that it keeps the most valuable things of Indonesia. I mean, in the sense of its meaning and maybe its value too. The hall is where the original text of independence is stored. Yep. The text that was typed using a typewriter at a Japanese lieutenant's house in Jakarta 75 years ago. At the same place, a gate of independence opens slowly a few times a day and a nationalist song will be played followed by the recording of our first president reading the text of proclamation. But not only that, it also stores other Indonesia's heritage, the sacred flag that was tailored by the wife of Sukarno and raised for independence state. You want more? Of course! There's a gold-coated map and bronze-gold-coated statue of the coat of arms of Indonesia. Since you're a tourist, you should not miss the observation deck, but only if you have much patience for it, really. Because there's only one elevator that takes people up and down with a capacity of only 11 people. I may suggest you avoid weekends or national holidays. The queue will be totally crazy. Front of the observation deck, you can see the view of Jakarta. Well, mostly central Jakarta. 17 meter above the observation deck is the flame of independence which is coated with 35 kilogram of gold. Yes, it is real gold. The flame represents the spirit of Indonesians that never goes out. But only the positive spirits, I hope. Um, do you know that Monas construction was a controversy? Well, at that time, Sukarno insisted on building the monument even though the country was stricken with economic uncertainty. He continued the project with loans anyway. So he basically set an example for his successors that it does not matter to beautify our city to host an international event although we have to ask for a loan from other countries or aids from private companies. Well, maybe that's how business and politics works. So. The history repeats itself. In the beginning of 2020, the revitalization project of Monas took place and the news sparked out as controversy. Why? Because the project sacrificed 190 trees to be cut down. Plus, the plaza ground was paved. And you should ask again why? Because Jakarta was planned to host the Formula E in June 2020. But of course, thanks to COVID-19, the event was postponed, yet the damage done can be undone. The 190 trees cannot be put back nor undo the paving. All this could have been prevented, maybe including the spread of COVID-19. 
If only the Jakarta government was more transparent about the project. We are all mad because of you, Mr. Anis Baswedan, and your staff cut 193s without even having permission to do it from the steering committee of Jakarta Formula E. You did not even ask for permission to make Monas as the race route. Now, again, we lost our green space and money, which is very much needed in the midst of COVID-19 crisis. Calm down, Fee. Breathe in, breathe out. Okay, what's next? So, um, across the West Plaza of Monas, you can visit the National Monument. Yes, that's right. The best shelter where you get off in front of the National, uh, National Museum. As a Jakarta native, I only visited the museum once in my life and you do not want to know when. Not because it's not good, no, not at all. I'm just not a museum person just like other Indonesians. Indonesians, especially youngsters, only visit museums to check in or to check in on their social media or for photography activities. Very few who really have a motive of appreciating the history of our art carries. But the National Museum or Museum Gajah is a must-stop destination of your Jakarta trip. The other thing that you must not miss during your visit in Jakarta is the tour of Old Town Badafia in West and North Jakarta. Um, there are at least five spots I would like to recommend to you. First stop is Fatahilah Museum or Jakarta History Museum. If you still remember it, Fatahilah was a leader of the Demak Kingdom that seized Sunda Kelapa port from the Portuguese. I explained a bit of these details in my last podcast, so you should listen to it. The Fatahilah Museum was inaugurated in 1710 as a city hall or statues of the old town Batavia. It became the headquarters of Dutch East Indies and later the Dutch government. Its function changed over time and only in 1974 it was officially opened for the public as a museum. There is also a dungeon, yet unfortunately it's not accessible to enter. The museum stores around 23,500 historical collections from different area, different eras of Jakarta. What's wrong with me? Um, <laughs> the prominent ones are a replica of two Tugu inscription from the kingdom of Tarumanegara, Kanan Sijagur, paintings of VOC general dating from 1952 to 68 antique mables, and many more. All collections are displayed in separate rooms based on its period of time. Oh, the canon is very special. Superstition and Indonesians are one package deal. You can spot the canon in the Fatahila Square in front of the museum. It has a unique ornament of a clenched hand with thumb position clamped by index and middle finger. The symbol in Indonesia is interpreted as having sex. Don't touch the hand if you don't plan to have a bun in the oven soon because we believe that by touching it, it will help the couple to immediately have children. Though no success story so far, 
Or maybe the parents just want to hide this weird fact that their children are made of cannon with sex symbol. Ugh. Other than trying to have a baby in the Fatahila Square, you can rent a bike to tour around the area or watch the traditional cultural performance on weekends evening for free. Not far from the Fatahila Museum, you can visit Museum Wayang. Wayang or puppet in English is Indonesia's traditional art history and has been acknowledged by UNESCO in 2003 as masterpiece of the oral and intangible heritage of humanity. In the museum, you can find different kinds of wayang coming from various regions in Indonesia as well as the international ones from our neighboring country. If you want, the museum also holds a wayang performance in the second and third week of the month. You should watch it, even if you don't speak Bahasa, because personally, wayang is a medium where I can experience the authentic Indonesian culture and values. So, you should try it too. Next up is Tokomera and Kalibesar. A red-painted building stood elegantly in the roadside of Kalibesar or Grand Canal in the old town Badafia area. The building was once the residence of a VOC general, Van Imhoff, in 1730, and once it became a hotel for other important officials of VOC. Um, later in the 19th century, its ownership fell into the hands of an ethnic Chinese and he painted the building red. So, Tokomera means red building, red store. Yep. Since 2012, the building has been a conference and exhibition venue in Jakarta. However, the creepy image is very much attached to this building due to many horror stories from locals experiencing or witnessing horror phenomena inside the building. Actually, it's not just Tokomera, but almost every building in the old town area. One caught a female sighting from the window. The other even heard a woman crying. Not sure if it's the same woman. They did not try to console the poor, the poor woman. If you're lucky enough, you may see people possessed by the ghost. You may never believe it until you experience it yourself, but you know ghosts are also a part of Indonesian culture. You can find many podcasts or vlogs of horror stories, so you may hear spookier stories from the locals. Maybe I should try this too. Looking back to the event of ethnic Chinese massacre in Jakarta, that site happened in this building. Perhaps that is why these images and stories emerge. However, if you're not brave enough to visit Tokomera, just go to the Grand Canal in front of it. After the revitalization by the local government, Kalibesar or Grand Canal now becomes an Instagrammable spot for locals. From selfies to pre-wedding shoots, at the end of this canal, you will find another iconic spot that is Kota Intan Bridge. It is the oldest suspension bridge in Indonesia and has changed its name three to four times since the Dutch colonialism. It is said that it has its cologne in Amsterdam, but I've never been to Netherlands or Amsterdam, so I don't know for a fact if it's true or not. 
Next, um, the trip must continue to Sunda Kelapa Port, not too far from the bridge. But before that, take a short transit and at Museum Bahari or Maritime Museum. Its location is a bit secluded near the Sunda Kelapa Port, so just follow your Google map. The museum stores the complete collection of all Indonesian traditional boats and spices. When you've had enough knowledge of Maritime, it's time for Sunda Kelapa Port. Like I mentioned before, it is an Instagrammable photography spot. You can rent a boat or sightseeing and even board one of the Venice ships. And let me remind you that it costs you less than $2 to enter each place I mentioned before. But hold on, we're not reaching the best part yet. They say that Indonesia is a tropical paradise. That's true, and it's not only Bali. You can also have a summer vacation in Jakarta, although we don't have summer here. But escape the crowd of Jakarta to Pulau Seribu or Thousand Islands. Nope, they don't name it from a salad dressing. It's a group of islands off of Jakarta Bay. Well, it's not exactly a thousand islands. People just name it so because it's a lot, you know, maybe around a hundred islands or more, but not a thousand. Each island has its own characteristics, like on Ross Island where you can discover historical traces of Dutch colonialism. Okay, okay, I understand you've had enough of history. How about um, getting some Maldives vibe of floating cottages? Ooh, sounds good, right? So head up to Pulau Ayer or Ayer Island. One more experience with nature, then go camping in Perak Island. But my always favorite is Machan Island or Tiger Island in, in English. Um, it's eco resorts and serene environments succeed to take off my exhaustion of life in Jakarta land and always make me want to come back. You can board boats from Anchal Marina Bay or Muarakarang Port for a cheaper fee to reach your island destination. But don't travel with an empty stomach. You should have a food tour while you're in Jakarta. Jakarta is heaven for foodies, especially street food. This is what Obama said whenever he reminisced about his life in Jakarta. I like baso, nasi goreng, satay. Have you ever heard of him saying that? <laughs> well, he has good taste. I admit it. Bakso is meatball soup served with noodles and some vegetables. Or you can simply have it plain and it still tastes the best. Mine will not miss lots of sambal. Nasi goreng literally means fried rice in English. You can have it any time of the day. My favorite nasi goreng style is with lamb chops. Mm -hmm. Ugh, nothing can beat the sensation of fried rice and lamb. Nasi goreng kebon siri in central Jakarta is the best in town. Um, I also like nasi goreng with um, the stinky beans. It gives you really flavorful taste and you should try it. Satay 
um, I'm sure you also know this because I think CNN have, CNN once um, reviewed it on their uh, website. I forgot. It's a seasoned skewer served with different kinds of sauce. Street food exists in every corner of the city. If you happen to be in South Jakarta, in the Block M area to be exact, have a try at Gulai Tigungan or a local simply abbreviated Gultik. In this area, carts line up along the street selling one thing in common, Gulai, meaning curry. Try a binati for once. The vibe is not quite different when you have a meal in an outdoor area of a cafe in Paris. In Jakarta, the difference is only air pollution that adds the flavor to your food and the pedestrian as your place to eat. They say the messier the place is the more faithful, uh, the more flavorful the taste is gonna be. Mm-hmm. I think somehow that's true. And don't worry, no one's gonna be mad at you for blocking the place for people to walk. It's the other side. Sometimes um, you may have to eat without a table and just put your plate on the ground when you're finished. Once you adapt to the normal local food, you can start to take yourself to the next level. Have a plate of spicy indomie at Warung Abang Adek in central Jakarta. Some of you may have tasted the delicious and addictive indomie. Right? But at Warung Abang Adek, you don't just have a plain indomie. The special indomie is served with mashed 100 pieces of chilies. Korean spicy noodles are nothing compared to this. Trust me. Well, they actually offer various levels of spiciness. But come on, you only live once, don't you? If you'd like to have some cautions, just open up your YouTube and search for travel or food vlog experiencing the spiciness of Indomie Warung Abang Adek. The possibilities are red eyes and won't stop crying for a few minutes, burnt throat and stomach, numbness, tons of sweat, and fainting. <laughs> You've been warned. <laughs> but seriously, don't worry. Just have a taste and you can stop anytime you want. But if you prefer something more authentic, there is just one perfect place. Satu Babakan. The location is on the border of South Jakarta and Depok, a satellite city of Jakarta. Just take a commuter line and get off at Lenteng Agung Station. Satu Babakan is a Betawi cultural village. Betawi is the original ethnic of Jakarta, and I am proud to say that I am a Betawi. Our characteristics is that Betawi speaks so loud without even thinking about it before. <laughs> Batawi families tend to live in the same area for generations and our heritage is apartment rental business. I have all of them. Anyway, in this village, you can experience the authentic and traditional culture of Batawi. Name it food, clothes, architecture, and art performances. Based on my experience, Batawi cuisine is hard to find compared to other traditional cuisines like Javanese or Balinese. So, in this place, you can have them all purchased by original Batawi people, even the rarest cuisine you never find in any other place. 
Um, to end this, despite the social problems that Jakarta has, it has many more to offer, especially for tourists. You can travel in time in Jakarta from the old colonialism era to modern technological society today. Multiculturalism runs in the blood of its people, and it unites us as a community despite ethnic, religion, or social status. Thank you for getting to know Indonesia. If you like our content, share the podcast or tell your friend about it. Check out our site at www.theindonesiasaga.com. Do you want more of Indonesia? Stay tuned with us for more exciting topics about Indonesia. Until the next episode, Unfolding World's renowned tourist destination in Indonesia. Terima kasih. Sampai jumpa.